Tonight's magical episode is brought to you by First Cup Coffee Company. If you're looking for a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company that also happens to serve a mean cup of joe, check out First Cup Coffee Company. There's a flavor for every freedom-loving American, and it ships within days of being roasted. First Cup places the roast date on each bag. So go to firstcup.com and use the code STEW to save an additional 10% on your order. And if you subscribe, you'll get an additional 10% off for the life of your subscription. It's firstcup.com. The promo code is STU. STU does America. Get the election info you need with the State of the Race podcast series. It's free. It's a bonus pod available wherever you get your podcasts. Just go to the Stew Does America stream and you'll get it in the morning when there's news breaking or important stuff going on. Uh, you can also check out uh, the show, of course, here on YouTube, at least this show. The other one's audio only, but this particular show available at YouTube.com slash Stew Does America. If you're there right now, uh, do me a favor while you're there. Just click like. Follow the page, click the bell for notifications, helps us spread the word on the show. Sarah Gonzalez is here with her view on the state of the nation as she prepares to launch her brand new show. We're excited about that. We'll check in on how New Jersey is doing with its ban on plastic grocery bags. Uh, the hint, really well, super duper well. But we start by doing the constitutional border crisis. This is such a massive, massive story. And it's amazing the politics of it, and I want to get into that as we go on today, because it's important not just for conservatives who care about the border and always care about the border, us boring people who want to have an actual sovereign nation, but like this is affecting everybody now, and now it's going to become a much bigger story. The Supreme Court is uh, uh, rules that the border agents can remove razor wire erected by Texas, and this is an important thing to understand. The Supreme Court did not say that Texas cannot put up razor wire. That's not what they said. So if Texas puts up razor wire, they are not uh, in violation of the Supreme Court order. This is what the media is trying to tell you. We'll give you a list of some of the people who are also trying to tell you. But if you think about um, you know, this fancy uh, Bidenomics Strikes Back mug as the razor wire, Texas installs it. OK, then the federal government comes in and says, oh, we're just going to pull that away. That's what was going on. Texas was pissed off about that. The court said. If Texas puts down the razor wire, you, federal government, cannot come in and take it away. We're barring you from doing that. It went up the chain, and the Supreme Court said, well, you know what? Now the federal government can come in and remove that razor wire. They didn't say that Texas couldn't put it in there in the first place. They just said that now, until this decision is totally wrapped up in the Supreme Court, for the moment, the federal government can still come in and cut that wire and let uh, illegal immigrants in, which you'd think, wait a minute, is that the opposite of what they want? No. No, it's not. And that's kind of the important thing now, isn't it, boys and girls? The important thing is they actually don't want to keep illegal immigrants out for whatever reason. And that's kind of the issue. Now, Texas is doubling down on the border invasion declaration after the Supreme Court blow. This terminology is important uh, and it has to do with the Constitution. We'll get into this here right now, actually. Let's do the, the Abbott letter because um, this is what it looks like. Not that long. And in fact, it's not long at all. And that's why I'm going to read the entire thing to you because it's really important to understand what is actually going on, what is the background to this whole situation, why can Texas do what it is doing, and why is it justified in these actions? Let's go through it here. Greg Abbott writes, under President Biden's lawless border policies, more than six million illegal immigrants have crossed our southern border in just three years. That is mind-blowing. 
It is more than the population of 33 different states in the country. This illegal refusal to protect the states has inflicted unprecedented harm on the people across the United States. Now, Abbott's a lawyer. He's setting this up under legal of why he can do these things legally. And that is a really important thing. But President Biden has violated his oath to faithfully execute immigration laws enacted by Congress. There is absolutely no way to deny this is true. This is 100% accurate. It is impossible to deny this is what he's doing. And he's doing it by choice. Like, you know, again, if you want to take Biden's side, he's saying, well, I don't like those laws. He's saying, well, it's important for illegal immigration. We need these people to come in. We love, uh, we're, gonna, uh, we're gonna call it asylum. We're gonna make a million excuses. He's got a million different reasons why. But we do know the laws as they are written are not being followed. That is 100% true and impossible to argue with. Uh, Abbott goes on. Instead of prosecuting immigrants for the federal crime of illegal entry, President Biden has sent his lawyers into federal courts to sue Texas for taking action to secure the border. President Biden has instructed his agencies to ignore federal statutes that mandate the detention of illegal immigrants. The effect is to illegally out, allow their unmasked parole into the United States by wasting taxpayer dollars to tear open Texas's border security infrastructure. President Biden has enticed illegal immigrants away from the 28 legal entry points along the state's southern border, such as bridges where nobody drowns. Maybe you could get hit by a car. Maybe you could, uh, you could run so fast and then fall flat on your face crossing the bridge. You might hurt yourself. But it's impossible to drown on top of a bridge. That's where you'd think you'd want people to go if you didn't want them to drown. But of course, President Biden is doing the opposite. He, uh, he is directing people into the dangerous waters of the Rio Grande. Under President Biden's lawless border policies, more than six million illegal immigrants have crossed our southern border. Oh, that's the same one. I got the same one again. Oops. James Madison. Is that where we are? I've got a little. Uh, well, let's go to the James Madison one, shall we? Uh, James Madison, Alexander Hamilton and the other visionaries who wrote the U.S. Constitution foresaw that the states should not be left to the mercy of a lawless president who does nothing to stop external threats like cartels smuggling millions of illegal immigrants across the border. This is an important point. You know, there's a, a famous uh, ruling um, that talks about the Constitution is not a suicide pact. If there's a rule in the Constitution that causes your country to be destroyed, you have to figure out a way to deal with that. That's not exactly what we're talking about here, uh, but it does apply in some ways because this is actually in the Constitution and talked about by the framers. They talked about how, I mean, think of, picture a situation where instead of a bunch of illegal immigrants that, look, let's be honest about it, a good chunk of the illegal immigrants coming across the border are not here to destroy the country. They want free things. They want free stuff. They want more uh, economic uh, prosperity. Uh, they, you know, they want to you know, see the beauty of Newark, New Jersey, whatever the reason is, many of the illegal immigrants coming across the border, as, as is obviously true, are not here to harm the country in a, in a strict invasion, right? That's not what the, the situation is for all of them. However, many of them, some of them are here for illicit purposes. Some of them will commit crimes while they are here. Some of them are just drains on the system. Some of them are here for things like terrorism and crime and murder. We talked to a, a poor woman this morning 
whose daughter was murdered and sexually assaulted while, uh, while I mean, this is a, the, the most, I don't know why this makes it so much worse, but it does. While she's calling her boyfriend for help, that call goes to voicemail. And there's a two and a half minute voicemail of her, her daughter being murdered. Her boyfriend, the boyfriend's girlfriend being murdered. This stuff does happen. Now look, Americans commit crimes too, but there's no reason to import additional crime inside your borders if you can do something about it. This is not necessary. We don't need to do this. And let's just say there's a different situation where instead of you know millions of illegal immigrants coming across the border, many of which are not necessarily direct threats to the country, um, what if it was just 10,000 Al-Qaeda members crossing the border? Just 10,000. And they were crossing the border with the intent to hurt the country. But the Supreme Court said, well, you can't really do anything about that. And the Biden administration was like, ah, you know, I don't know. We kind of like Al-Qaeda. Whatever the reason is, would we just have to sit here and watch all of our people get beheaded? There has to be something we can do, right? And of course, the Constitution does allow for that exact situation, as, as Abbott points out. The framers included both Article 4, Section 4, which promises the federal government shall protect each state against invasion, and Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, which acknowledges the state's sovereign interest in protecting their borders. Sovereign interest in protecting their borders. The failure of the Biden administration to fulfill the duties imposed by Article 4, Section 4 has triggered Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, which reserves to this state the right of self-defense. And by the way, they're not the only state. A bunch of states have now come out and say, yeah, by the way, we agree with this. We have to have the ability to do this. Um, For these reasons, I've already declared an invasion under Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 to invoke Texas's constitutional authority to defend and protect itself. That authority is the supreme law of the land and supersedes any federal statutes to the contrary. The Texas National Guard, the Texas Department of Public Safety, and other Texas personnel are acting on that authority as well as state law to secure the Texas border. Now look, there's controversy around that. Does it really supersede the federal law? I think when it goes through the court, we will find out the answer to that is yes, it does. Because of course, the the Constitution provides for the states to defend their own borders in situations just like this. The Biden administration will have an argument and we will have some constitutional scholars on their side on this, but I don't think they'll win out in the end. The reason we're dealing with this now is because they basically said, until we hear this, the federal government can continue to cut the barbed wire uh, at this time. However, that is not a final ruling. I hope and pray that they don't screw this up. Remember, there are six conservatives supposedly on the Supreme Court. I've lost faith in John Roberts a long time ago. Is he better than, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, some of the, you know, Elena Kagan? Yeah, he's better than Elena Kagan, but not by much, not by enough, certainly. But I've kind of thrown him out already and assumed to lose him on difficult votes. You know, if you're losing oh, Amy Coney Barrett, who, by the way, did side with the liberals on this particular ruling or this this order, um, and it's really not even an order, but we'll get into that in a second. This particular um, situation we're talking about, um, if we lose her on the full ruling, that'll be a real I mean, look, it's a it's not only uh, a, a knock on her and her legacy, but also Trump and his legacy of his first term. You know, you have to hit on these judges. I would say so far you've got three justices. All of them have been in the B range. 
Like there, you don't have any Scalias there. You don't seem to have any um, uh, Alitos there. You don't have any Clarence Thomases. But you have decent justices who have been better than Roberts, who've been certainly better than the suitors of the world. So you have something you're working off here. It's not like Trump missed on all three of these by any means. But, you know, Kavanaugh makes me nervous on stuff. We've seen some, you know, Gorsuch, who I probably like the best of the three, uh, has also had some weird rulings from here and there. He, you know, know, has some strange leanings from time to time. This has not been perfect. Um, And, you, you know, you just feel like the left never misses like this. They don't get B's. They get A pluses for the left. Elena Kagan might be an A minus, and that's about as bad as they do. They always get people who constantly walk this line. Remember, their moderate justice that they were throwing out there. Oh, this is a, 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 a situation where we're going to work with the other side. We need to work together. We're to, that was Merrick Garland. That was their, like, unity candidate. Okay? They never miss, and we seem to miss all the time. Now, all this going on. And Abbott's actions, of course, are going to have a reaction from the Biden administration. And here it is. Joe Biden is now facing growing calls to federalize the Texas National Guard. Take control of them. He can do what he wants. Joaquin Castro said this. Governor uh, Greg Abbott is using the Texas National Guard to obstruct and create chaos on the border. If Abbott is defying yesterday's Supreme Court ruling, POTUS needs to establish sole federal control of the Texas National Guard now. Now, as I've already explained to you, he is not, what was the wording he used, uh, defying the Supreme Court ruling. There may come a time where we have a constitutional crisis that, that winds up uh, enacting a bunch of states in, in defying orders from the Supreme Court. That's not what's going on here, though. It's a lot more boring than that, frankly. It just feels like we're on that road. It feels like we are on the road for this to happen. Now, Glenn uh, Beck, of course, our own Glenn Beck, wrote an op-ed. It's available at theblaze.com. Should Texas defy the Supreme Court to protect our borders? And he writes, at what point are people justified to defy the Supreme Court and say, yeah, it makes me no different from the Biden administration, but we have to put a stop to this. I don't like that option, but I think it's time that we start to have adult conversations because I hear people talking seriously more and more about secession. I want to make this clear. I'm not pushing for this. I'm not calling for us to alter and abolish our government. I don't think the time is now by any stretch of the imagination. But what does this mean going forward? How do you protect your border while not becoming everything you despise? It does not seem like we have any tools left. He writes, my answer is that defying the Supreme Court is wrong. I don't want to be like the Biden administration. By the way, he, you know, he's referring to things like the student loan ban and the uh, eviction moratorium where Biden is just going against what the Supreme Court has told him to do. He keeps doing this over and over again. He keeps trying to find ways around it. He keeps trying to justify those ways and then getting shot down again and again and again by the courts. You can be angry, as the scriptures say, be angry, but do not sin. Do not become them. But things are dicey. Things are really dicey. And that is the understatement of the year, is it not? Very, very dicey on the border. Now, luckily, when you have these moments where things seem really serious, it's nice to have a court jester. And we also, of course, do have that with Beto O'Rourke, who is a complete idiot. I mean, if you want, it's like if you put Beto O'Rourke versus KJP in a battle of wits, who would win? I don't know. They're both absolute idiots. But here is Beto O'Rourke. Abbott is using the Texas Guard 
to defy a Supreme Court ruling. That is not true. We've already told you why that's not true. When Governor Faubus did this in 1957, Eisenhower federalized the Arkansas Guard to ensure compliance with the law. Biden must follow this example of bold, decisive leadership to end this crisis before it gets worse. Now, Mike Lee, who actually knows something about the Constitution, points this out. He says there is no ruling for Texas to defy. I mean, think how stupid you are if you're Joe Biden, or excuse me, Beto O'Rourke. You just said, oh, they're defying this ruling. And the fundamental truth of the matter is there isn't even a ruling to defy. It's really, really amazing. Um, There was an order against DHS, not Texas. SCOTUS then vacated that order. Texas can't defy an order that one, doesn't exist, and two, never existed in the first place. Please read before you falsely accuse. That's about the nicest way you can put that. What I find most fascinating about all of this is how the evolution of the left on the border has come to not only hurt the country, but to hurt their party generally and hurt their prospects going forward. Maybe I think on an episode, maybe next week of State of the Race, I'm going to go through this and maybe I'll bring some of this to the show as well. But I do encourage you to subscribe to the audio podcast feed so you can get State of the Race. But talking about like, hey, the border's really hurting Joe Biden. This isn't a Republican talking point forever. I've been doing this for 20 something years now. Forever we've been talking about the border. Forever we've been concerned about the border. There have been times where it's been really bad, times where it's not that bad. And the whole time, conservatives, based on the idea that, hey, we need to have rule of law. If there's a law, you have to, find, you have to actually pay attention to it. That's been the conservative argument on the border for as long as I can remember. Even if it's not causing us a problem on the border, we still have to care about it because you have to care about the rule of law. If you start ignoring laws that you don't like, you get chaos and you run out of time as a sovereign nation. It's just not a good idea. Now, it is really terrible. The, bo- the polls on the border for Biden are catastrophic, I promise you. We'll go through them next week. But that's not the way it always was for the left. You know, you go back to the 90s, you can find Democrats railing about border security, saying how bad the security is. We can't keep letting illegal immigrants cross. That was largely fueled by um, um, union affinity. It's, uh, they were taking up the union's cause. The illegal immigrants were coming in. They were taking jobs from union members, and that's why they did it. They didn't really care. Of course, they don't believe anything. But that's kind of why you see RFK occasionally sound okay on the border. He's a union. He's an old-school Democrat. He's that type of guy. Um, look at this. Is, let me just play you a clip of Joe Biden from 2007, and I want you to look for two things. Number one, look at the difference in position. A party that has embraced sanctuary cities and the like. Listen to Joe Biden's position on the issue. And then secondarily, listen to the man he was. A totally different person. A person who was capable of thought, of communication. A person who, again, this is not 1975. I'm not going back to him in his 30s. We're going back to 2007. He was pretty old then. But he was actually competent. And the the difference is just jaw-dropping. Here is Joe Biden from a Democratic debate in 2007. Would you allow these cities to ignore the federal law regarding the reporting of illegal immigrants and, in fact, provide sanctuary to these immigrants? The reason the cities ignore the federal law 
is the fact that there is no funding at the federal level to provide for the kind of enforcement at the federal level you need. Pick up the New York Times today. There's a city not far across the river from my state that imposed the similar sanctions. And what they found out is, as a consequence of that, their city went in the dumps, in, in the dumpster. Stores started closing. Everything started to happen. And they changed the policy. Part of the problem is you have to have a federal government that can enforce laws. This administration has been fundamentally derelict in not funding any of the requirements that are needed even to enforce the existing law. So, Senator law. Biden, yes or no, would you allow the cities to ignore the federal law? No. Okay. No, with moral certainty. Look, I mean, he's still kind of making the pitch on the money part of this, but at the end of the day, who's, who did he put the blame on? He put the blame on the administration. That's where it belongs. He's blown this issue. He's screwing the country over, and he's completely changed his position. Not to mention, he's gone completely senile in the process. Time always wins, doesn't it? This past December, drug shortages hit a record high, and this is causing severe disruptions in the medical world. Uh, we're talking about delays in treatment, uh, cancellations, the rationing of medications. I'm not talking about Somalia. I'm talking about the United States of America. Uh, the antibiotic amoxicillin is even in short supply, along with 294 other medications. Doctors are saying they've been able you know, to really have to sit back and make these impossible decisions, trying to choose which patients get medications and which don't. This, it sounds like Somalia, doesn't it? Uh, this is why you need the Jace case from Jace Medical. It is a personalized emergency kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You might be prepared with water and food and some of these other things. Those are important, vital, but so are your medications. God, you get a basic skin condition and all of a sudden it's turning into a life-threatening ailment because you don't have the basics. You need to have the basics and the Jace case can provide that for you. JaceMedical.com, J-A-S-E Medical.com. Use the code STU at checkout for a discount on your order. Again, that's promo code STU at JaceMedical.com, J-A-S-E Medical.com. It's the Jace case from Jace Medical. I'm joined once again by Sarah Gonzalez, host of For Exactly One More Day the news and why it matters. Uh, and of course, uh, on Monday, starting the new show, Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered, right here on Blaze TV. Sarah, welcome. Wow, look how much I've grown in those two shots that you guys showed. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's, a, it's a big, uh, it's an end of an era. It is an end of an era. Almost six years, I will have you know. Really? Yes. Gosh, we, it, it, we started the news and why it matters it would be six years ago in February. Six years yes. ago. Wow. That's, I mean, all think of all the news that has gone on in that time. I mean, that is insane. And that's right pretty much from the beginning of Blaze TV, right? Like, it was one of the first shows that uh, were on the air when it was called. I mean, I guess we had we had that GBTV. Mm -hmm. It did go to Blaze TV. But whatever era this is, that was like one of the first shows mm -hmm. that I remember. Yeah. And it was. it's just transformed and morphed so much. I mean, it started out as 30 minutes and it was, was it really? yes, it was 30 minutes, Monday through Thursday. And it was Glenn, you and Pat, and sometimes Doc as yeah, well. Yeah. And then we, you know, expanded it to an hour and then we expanded it to Fridays and we did an overtime at a certain point that, yeah. yeah so it's just morphed into so many different, uh, different versions of the news and why it matters. 
and we're, I, I feel like we just need to give it a proper burial <laughs> and send off tomorrow. Now, I know you um, will not be missing the theme show or the orange color scheme. Those two things I'm very yeah, aware the of. Yeah, the theme song is every, you know, every, every day on set, Stu watches me. <laughs> it starts playing, and I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to be done with this song. Which can I just say for the record, yeah. whoever made that song, it's wonderful, just not for me. It's just not your thing. It's just it's, not, it's for it's not for me. It's not your thing. Um, but is there some level of like, oh, wow, this is an, a part of my career? I mean, a big part of starting you up as a big personality? Like, this is like kind of an end of a thing for you. Yes, yeah, it is. It, I, I'm a little nostalgic about it, for sure. Um, I... I keep calling the new show my big girl show. Okay. Um, yeah. But I, I, I think it actually hit me earlier today, and we were doing a tech rehearsal, and I was sitting there, and we were going through all the shots, and I was going through you know all my new stuff that I have, and I was like, wow, there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't considered all the pressure until right in this very moment. Yeah. I'm a little nervous now. Yeah. But um, lots yeah. of people watching. If yeah. you suck. They're all going to see it. They're, and they're just never going to watch again. Yeah, that's true. That's going to be one devastating. You get one chance. And if you if blow it. If your first show sucks, no one ever watches you're it. Done. That's how I understand it. Yeah, you're Luckily, done. You know, for me, my first show sucks, so no one's watching <laughs> this right now. And I have had no pressure for years, which is wonderful. <laughs> um, so you're transitioning into this new show. And I mean, there's going to be some similar aspects of it, but it's also going to be different, right? Yeah. I mean, part of the transition you're talking about in the News and Why It Matters was the very beginning it was, I mean, it was you know, 85 of us around a table. We all talked for four table. seconds each. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> it was a half an hour, as you point out. And over time, you've like grown into a totally different role on the show. Would you agree with that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I was supposed to just kind of keep you boys on track. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sitting there at the it's table. Very difficult in yes, and of itself. Make sure yeah. that it was, you know, you guys brought your brought your own top story to the table as well. I remember that. That's uh -huh. right. Yeah. And so I, I would always pitch some like dumb graph that no one wanted to talk about. That was my every single time. Stu went right into statistics <laughs> yeah. every time. Glenn went into um, AI. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, Pat was like, I don't care. I'm just ready to go home. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it was just it was formatted much differently. I really here's the thing, Stu. I'm mm -hmm. going to let your viewers in on a little inside baseball. Sure. I was not supposed to take the lead on that. I mean? broke the rules. Okay. <laughs> I was just supposed mm -hmm. to be the moderator. Right. And somehow I said, I'm just going to do it anyway. You just started running your mouth all the time. I did. did. I did. I, so much so that they made me the host. There you go. So, so this is the rule. Boys and girls always just break any rule that you have. And <laughs> things will turn out great. They'll give you new shows. It always works out perfectly. Just remember that. Yeah. I'm, my kids can't watch this now. No, no, they can't. <laughs> so new show. Um, can, can you give us a preview of like what's going to be on it? What's going to be the difference between this and News and Why? It's, we're just breaking out of the box. Mm -hmm. All right. We're in a mold right now. Yeah. We, we're tied to, we have to give you all the headlines of the day for news. And we're still going to, generally speaking, we're still going to cover the big stories. Yep. Um, but if there's a big story that I think deserves a couple different segments to get into with a, a, you know, a relevant Skype guest who can give us more insight on the matter, I want to be able to talk to them. I want to come back to the panel after that and maybe have some laughs. 
And I also want to share more of a connection with my audience, which is why we're going to have a phone number that they can call oh. and leave messages that I can then play on air and respond to. Oh, fun. Yes. So um, we just want to, you know, we want to look for ways to just connect with the viewers out there um, and make it just more fun. Because I don't know if you noticed, Stu, doing the news every day, but um, it's really depressing. Yes. It really sucks. The whole world is really depressing. Yeah. I and I just don't want to, I, I want to make it fun. Yeah. I get this talk with Glenn every morning because he comes in and he goes through the prep and yeah. then I walk into the room and he's just like oh, I don't know what we're gonna do we need to figure out a way to stop talking about this stuff and it's like it's true you get yeah. a little bit beaten down but if you can kind of have a fun uh, relationship with the news like it, it winds up being a lot better for your own personal sanity and I think the audience enjoyment yeah uh, so that's 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 really good okay so that starts up on Monday, Monday. tomorrow we have a, a last episode we're mm -hmm. um, gonna be doing some special stuff uh, that I've been hearing about so make sure to tune in to tomorrow's news and why it matters for a proper send-off I hope yes um, that'll be a lot of fun we're just setting the set on fire you really yeah the orange set anything that's orange you're gonna set on, on fire, fire. yes <laughs> on fire you don't think that that will end disastrously do you I doubt it Great. I, I doubt it I can't think of any way that it that it would go I can't wait wrong. to tell uh, our CEO that I Stu told me that it would be fine yeah um, uh, yeah you know what who cares <laughs> you said break the rules so <laughs> yeah, there we are go. we're lighting things on fire They'll give now. you a second show when you do that uh, speaking of things that are on fire the border uh-huh uh, we are uh, we have a, a, a border that is completely on fire we have a Supreme Court saying yeah not sure they can just snip some uh, wire, you know, barbed wire that Texas put up and let people in, no problem at all. Uh, I hope that eventually does get overturned uh, by the Supreme Court when they take it up in full. But right mm -hmm. now we're in this state of flux where it seems like anyone can come across the border and there's nothing we can really do about it. Well, I mean, it'll be fascinating to see how Texas responds because the, you know, the White House gives them till Friday. Do they actually back down? And if not, what then? That's what I keep saying is like, or what? Mm -hmm. you, you're, tell, you're telling them they have to cut the razor wire or else what? It doesn't seem to be like there's any specific threat in here. Are you going to come in and federalize the Texas National Guard? Because I'd love to see that play out. I just don't think that the Biden regime is willing to do something like that in an election year. But then, I mean, maybe they will because they seem to have weaponized the federal government against, you know, uh, us commoners yeah. every other way. Right. So maybe they will and they just don't care. But um, it's just it is really disheartening to to hear White House spokesman John Kirby today talking about with Peter Ducey saying, admitting finally that we need more Border Patrol agents. We need more resources down at the border to process these people in. They don't, they're not interested oh, wow. in Great. keeping them out. We need your taxpayer money, Stu, the money that you pay, the big fat check that you write to the government. We need that money to send more Border Patrol officers down to the border to process these people in, not to do their actual supposed job, which is to patrol the border and keep them out. And so it's just, it's so disheartening to hear these people admit what we've been saying all along, which is just like, they, they're just trying to process them in quicker. They have absolutely no intention of stopping the bleeding. Yeah, that's scary. Mm -hmm. And it's surprising. You, you think there's a limit. There's like, you always look for that like natural limit to things. Like people will do something and they'll keep going until something stops them, right? right? The thing that usually stops Democrats on the border, uh, it used to be unions, um, but now it's just politics, right? Yeah. They don't seem to actually care about what's going on on the border, but they do realize that this is a really bad issue. And I think when you look at the polling uh, for Biden, it really is. Like, yes. it is a catastrophe a for them. Yeah. Not only as the country uh, runs, but also 
politically. This mm-hmm. is something that's really weakening their guy. So is there some, do you think they at some point address this and say, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, even if it's only cosmetic, just so we can push the politics away? I mean, if not now, then when? Mm. It seems to be like they're taking the exact opposite actions and they're suing Texas so that they can go in and remove the wire to make it easier for illegals to enter the country. That is not the direction that you would think that you would be turning if you were trying to clean up your mess for the optics. I mean, it's not like you and I would believe that the Biden administration had any intention of actually (laughs) solving this problem, Mm. but you would think that they would at least be trying to create the optics that they're trying to solve the problem. They don't even seem to be doing that. So, but I just don't know because this seems to be at every turn the most tone deaf administration that I have ever seen. Yeah. So it very well could be that they're like, nah, it's fine. Don't worry. We're just going to keep yelling. Trump is bad. Orange man, bad insurrection, uh, abortion, 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 91 indictments. And we're just going to keep yelling those things out into the abyss and hoping that it gets us through the next election. This really does seem like their plan. Mm -hmm. Like they're just going to talk about abortion and how bad Donald Trump is and occasionally mention democracy or insurrection (laughs) or something and act like people are going to be turned off by that. And look, it's not impossible that that approach works, especially with the assistance of the media, pushing those narratives along. But like we're at a point now where the border is the biggest in- issue in the country, according to polling. It's always the economy, right? Yeah. It's always the economy. And of course, the media is trying to say, well, that's because the economy is improving. Yeah, <laughs> OK, sure. Um, but this is now an issue where left, middle and right are all looking at the border and saying, holy crap, this is a real problem. And their answer is we should complain about Texas. We should say that it's mean to put them on buses and bring them to the sanctuary cities that we told you were so wonderful for them. Um, we should we should make health care free for all illegal immigrants in California. Like the approach of the left is. I mean, it's not going to solve this problem. It's only going to incentivize more of it. Yeah, their their approach is, don't worry, we'll just throw more money at it. Yeah. Don't worry, we'll just ask the federal government to supplement this, right? And so I think that that is the danger in sending all of these people uh, to these sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities, um, is that they are just going to ask for more money. They are just going to ask for more federal resources. They aren't going to say, okay, well, maybe we should actually close the border, but... You go to a city council meeting and those people, those residents are pissed. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it will take all of these residents actually standing up and telling their own local lawmakers, we have had enough. You have to solve this. And it's not going to be solved by giving these people more money. There is no place for them to go. I mean, you have New York City with schools shutting down because yeah. they've got to house illegal immigrants. How is that a story? How is that real life? I, I don't know. I don't know. But you've got to imagine that it's hitting more people closer close to home like that, who are going to have to stand up and say no more. You guys have to solve this. And it's not with our money. I mean, it really, if you come up, came up with a comedy bit to, to illustrate how ridiculous the border was, you'd say, hey, they're going to start closing schools and moving in illegal immigrants. And they're actually <laughs> doing that thing. Um, last one for you on the border. Uh, we played the clip uh, from 2007 of Joe Biden, who in 2007, it's like oh, sanctuary cities. I'd shut them down. Yep. Uh, we know of sanctuary cities. It turns their uh, their cities into a dump. Mm-hmm. Um, fascinating. Like from 2007 to 2024, he's completely changed on this. 
What do you make of that? Is it just the is it the Democratic Party moving just farther and farther left? Is it Joe Biden just chasing whatever's going to help him at the time? What, how do, why does this keep happening? No, I think that it it what I think that 2007 Joe Biden that you just heard is Joe Biden. We are not being our country's not being run by Joe Biden right now. Mm. It's not Joe Biden pulling the strings. It's not Joe Biden calling the shots. It is, of course, the deep state who are, I mean, who that is, we, we could have the argument on who that is. Is it Obama? Is it, you know, who is it? Is it someone more sinister? Um, but it's obviously not Joe Biden himself. I, Joe Biden is a prop at this point. Joe Biden is a puppet. And he is just the figurehead uh, that's where it's like weekend at Bernie's, but the White House edition, <laughs> yeah. where it's like this guy is a vegetable. He's mm-hmm. a, a potato who's sitting in the chair, signing off on the things. But we know he's not actually calling the shots. And so that's why I think you see the discrepancy between 2007 Joe Biden and 2021 Joe Biden. Yeah, I mean, and, and the change in policy is one thing, which I think you're right. The, the most jarring thing is watching him in 2007 yeah. seem like a normal guy. Like, yeah. uh, you know, he's, he's no expert communicator, but he <laughs> is coherent yes. and alert yes. and seemingly talking about the things that are going on in the discussion he's having, like basic human communication abilities he seems to hold. Right. And now all those things are long, long gone, unfortunately. Uh, Sarah Gonzalez, catch her tomorrow on the News and Why It Matters, final episode uh, where she will be, uh, she has a special uh, episode going on for you, so yes. make sure you do not miss that. And then really, really don't miss Monday. Sarah Gonzalez unfiltered right here on Blaze TV, a launch of a new era for Sarah. The new era for Sarah. I just, I, <laughs> I have a new slogan for you. You better tweet that at I, some point. I'll pay you later. Okay, Thank good. you. Perfect. Thanks, Sarah, thanks so much and congratulations. Thank you so much. A great piece by Noah Rothman in National Review. Uh, new Jersey's plastic bag ban still stupid after all these years. Uh, if you remember back in September 2022, they put in a new plastic bag ban and had all sorts of restrictions to it because it was not just banning single-use plastic bags, but also disposable food containers and even brown paper bags for larger retailers. Um, this is, of course, a catastrophe, as you might expect, but it's funny to, to learn how. The first and by far the most humorous unintended consequences of the ban was a spike in the number of shopping carts consumers started stealing. I understand that. Are you putting it in the back of your car? Like, you're taking it home? You're just, you just bring it back? I don't know what it could be. Um, but they were just disappearing, and some stores had to get rid of them completely. The ban also ensured that Garden State residents were suddenly drowning in reusable shopping bags, utilities that are somehow never there when you need them most, a condition that forces consumers to purchase ever more bags at the checkout. It requires more material and energy to make a reusable bag. The alleged environmental benefits associated with this reform were dubious from the start. Uh, Rothman writes, unlike disposable plastic bags, reusable alternatives are not recyclable. So they are forcing you to buy bags that you're supposed to reuse, but of course everyone leaves at home. And those are not recyclable, despite then the state requiring you to recycle them. But they're not recyclable. So you're automatically breaking the law every time you go shopping in New Jersey. Uh, Fox News writes, instead of having the intended beneficial impact on the environment, the reusable bag ban has actually backfired. Data reported in a study show plastic consumption in the state has what? What would you guess? Now, you know the tone of this article. So it's what risen, gone up 20 percent, gone up 50 percent. What has plastic consumption done in New Jersey since this started? You're going to love this. It has 
nearly tripled. <laughs> tripled. New Jerseyans consuming 53 million pounds of plastic before the ban, 151 million pounds after the ban. So good job, New Jersey, doing everything you typically do to make the city. And of course, having these bags all over the place, I'm sure on the side of the road is going to make New Jersey even more, more wonderful. But cities, countryside, the state as a whole, uh, just farther and farther into the catastrophic nonsense. Again, unintended consequences are real. When you pass laws, usually you don't actually understand what's going to happen with them. This is why when people constantly say, this is a do-nothing Congress, I say, good, stop doing things. You guys doing things is what the problem is. It's what's the, what's the cause of all the issues we're dealing with. Over and over and over again, doing something leads to doing something stupid. And of course, New Jersey leads the way. All right, prepare yourself for fireworks in Washington. This is going to be a massive, massive battle. Huge debate coming to the floor of Congress, the Senate. It's going to be, um, you know, it's going to dominate the news coverage. Biden's uh, uh, working on a $5 billion spending. Oh, oh, no, there's there's no congressional debate at all. Oh, no, no, there's no congressional debate at all. I'm sorry. Biden to announce $5 billion in infrastructure projects. You see, we don't have ba- bills and debates anymore. Biden just announces the things he wants. That's how this works now. So that's that's good. By the way, in there is um, $427 million to give you offshore wind on the west coast of California. Mm, that's that's wonderful. I can't, I'm really, really excited about that. And $150 million to reconnect communities divided by the Cross Bronx Expressway. Because this is like a, an old-timey liberal complaint where they say, you build highways and highways are bad because they, dis- they disrupt communities. Because people are, as you know, just walking back and forth comfortably in the Bronx all the time. It's just such a wonderful place to walk. And now they can walk under a highway bridge and that will make everything so much better. So look forward to that. By the way, there's also going to be a big debate on this big proposal for a new high-speed rail propo- uh, project that's coming to the West Coast. Uh, Biden administration approves additional 2.5. Oh, no, he's just approving it. Sorry, forget that. $2.5 billion for a high-speed rail project. This is a, an, a legitimately an amazing thing. It's going to be high-speed rail from Southern California to Las Vegas. So what we're doing here, to be clear, is to shuttle people from Southern California to gamble their money away faster. That is, that's, they're going to spend $2.5 billion to make people go from Southern California, where there are several airports that can get you via plane to Las Vegas in probably 40 minutes, And they're going to just act like you don't know about that and then build a train that will go slightly faster than the car, which you could also drive on the roads that already exist. And the purpose of this is to get you to Las Vegas so you can hook up with more hookers and go to unhealthy buffets and gamble all your money away. This is, could we be any dumber? The answer to that, of course, is uh, no. Okay, 
So here's what happened. People like food. People like fried food even more. And so people will fry pretty much anything. And anything that you fry pretty much tastes good, right? We know that. So in South Korea, people started frying toothpicks. And then the South Korean government said, stop eating fried toothpicks. Seems like a rational reaction. I mean, now toothpicks are a little different in South Korea. I guess they, they have bamboo in them along with plastic, but eating plastic generally not a good idea. This is what they look like though after they're fried. And honestly, they kind of look like fried worms. Um, and if you think, well, how did a toothpick look like that? Well, we have video for you. This is what it looks like when you put the toothpicks in, they start frying up and look at them all curl up. Watch this. They're curling, they're curling. They look like little puffy worms. You wind up shaking a little seasoning on there and they're delicious. And honestly, I mean, most of the food we eat today is probably made out of plastic anyway. So I say keep going. Eat those fried toothpicks.